Good afternoon. Welcome to Signum University. My little part of Signum is here in Plainfield, New Hampshire. Welcome to Tyconley. My house from which I am experiencing the COVID pandemic, but I get to do it in fantastic company. I want to take a moment to recognize what the whole world is going through. We know that our friends and our students and our mentors are doing what they need to do to care for others and care for themselves. On behalf of my colleagues, what we can do to help is bring you closer to books. I'm Sparrow Alden, and welcome to the Summer 2020 Course Preview Symposium. If you, yay, if you have any questions or comments to just type into the question box, please do, and I will read them out to our wonderful guest panelists. There are more than six esteemed and amazing faculty here to talk to you today, so that's why most of us are blank for now. We can only turn on six webcams at a time. For those of you who are brand new to Signum University, I'm so excited that you joined us. This is going to be a chance for you to get to know GoToWebinar. It's the software that we use to um, deliver our discussion groups, our lectures, any content that is live, because we believe that live interaction with the materials and with your fellow academics is absolutely foundational to a great academic experience. First, we're going to start with a blitz round of questions. Professors Sturgis, O'Brien, and Brown, go ahead, turn on your cameras. And the three of you, in that order, please, what is your current book or activity for enjoyment or self-care? Professor Sturgis? Well, right now I'm working on uh, rewriting um, a guest of honor talk that I gave a while ago on the influence of Tolkien on contemporary Star Wars storytelling. So uh, I get to focus a lot on uh, recent Star Wars television. That's what I've been binging, uh, and it's both uh, work and play. So it's oh, uh, good stuff. Absolutely spectacular. How about Professor O'Brien? Oh, I'm so sorry, Professor. Muted. I'm unmuted now. Okay, okay, we're all good. Thank you. Um, my kids are home with and fun. Self-care and fun. So self-care is making sure I go for a walk every single day, whether it's sun shining, it's raining to get outside. And for fun, I am currently working through my many three or four list of chat book challenges for the year. And I'm currently reading um what is it called? It's it's the the Thomas Cromwell book. It's the first in the series. Before our uh, Wolf Hall. Oh, oh. In preparation oh. for the third. When you have finished it, will you please post a review somewhere we we all can see it? Absolutely on Goodreads. Fantastic. And Professor Brown, how are you doing for self care and enjoyment? Well, here I am locked in in North Wales, not the worst place to be. You can see the sun shining through the window over there. 
which has been astonishing weather. And that's meant that for self-care, I've been able to, like Prof O'Brien, go out for walks every single day, which has been lovely. Um, as far as reading is concerned, I'm afraid I can't get anywhere close to the amazingness that is Professor Sturgis's current reading. But I am currently reading Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Fantastic. Because it's awesome. He's awesome. And that's just a wonderful way of whiling away some time. Fantastic. Professor Brown, can we also find you on Goodreads and follow your book recommendations? Um, I haven't done that as yet, but I, oh, all right. I am on Goodreads, but I haven't posted any stuff, but I'm sure I could be persuaded. I I will I will knit you something very tiny for your solstice tree. If Yay. you put up some some reviews on Goodreads, because I love knowing what my friends and colleagues think before I dive into a book. All right, <laughs> thank you deal. so much. And folks, you're looking at the Star Wars team right now. I mm -hmm. am so excited. Me too. May the princesses of our childhood be the generals of our life, right? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> folks, you go ahead and close off your your cameras i'm going to ask professor parks professors parks shank and swank what are you reading what are you doing for self-care and enjoyment professor park well like sarah ironically i'm about 15 minutes away from her in north wales so i am enjoying the same wonderful weather this is from my walk today i hope you can see that it's been absolutely stunning that's my self-care, but I have to also say my self-care has been this mural behind me. I've started to paint my office to be mountains and I'm looking forward to the green going in and then I'm definitely painting Hobbit holes and Hogwarts castle shadows and all sorts of lovely things behind me. So that's gotta be both of those. What I'm reading is a bit ironic. My mom recommended it. It's called Year One. I'm blanking on the author. It's about a global pandemic, poor timing. Park. Nora That's Roberts? Yes. yes, Nora Roberts, yeah. yeah. I've read um, the it's really good. It's lovely, yeah, and it involves witches and wizards and magic and all sorts of things, so you can shelve the pandemic element and just really lose yourself in the fantasy, so I'm quite enjoying that. Fantastic. Professor Shank, this is an enjoyment now and self-care. Uh, okay, well, I've got really into Julian of Norwich, who was an anchoress uh, in the, gosh, when did she live? Uh, around the time of Chaucer. Well, uh, yeah. And so she she locked herself away in um, a single room for about 30 years uh, and uh, wrote um, the first pieces of literature that we can identify with a, a female author. Um, but she's a beautiful writer. And um, uh, I think uh, in this time of self-isolation and quarantine, um it's nice to read about uh, read the words of someone who uh, who went through all of that um in a slightly different context but still um uh, none nonetheless and uh, her life was touched by um by illness and uh plague as well so you know so she's a she's a she's a wonderful writer just and so vibrant as well to read uh, so sort of centuries later it's like she's speaking directly to me so that's uh, quite a lot of fun i tried um to read some Jack London uh, White Fang because I thought that would be a fun thing to do. Uh, it sounded cute and uh, adorable um, and nice distraction, but it was full of wolves eating lynx kittens and things, so I, I gave up on it. 
Bless, bless. Oh, and Professor Schenk, would you be willing to advance the slide so we have a pretty summer picture? Yes, of course. Thank you so much. And Professor Swank, what is your current self-care and enjoyment regimen? So having to stay home so much, I discovered there's a whole room in my house I never knew about. I think it's called the kitchen. I have heard of this place. It's amazing. There's like all these pots and pans in there. And if you put ingredients in them, wonderful things happen. So uh, out of nowhere, I've never been much of a, a cook. I'm um, trying to get as many fresh fruits and vegetables and try a whole bunch of new recipes. So that's been fun since we can't eat out as much. And uh, also I'm in Arizona and it's our, it's our spring right now. We're gonna hit 90 degrees this week for the first time. And so we've been trying to get out and do a hike in the wildflowers blooming every week. Fantastic. It's been um, beautiful. Will, did you have to go through furniture to find this mysterious room? Wardrobes, yeah, yeah. Ab absolutely. Um, I had to definitely go across a threshold to get All into right. it. And it's a whole new world. <laughs> Professor of portal fantasy, Chris Schwenk. Not Schwenk. Wank. My tongue. Sorry so much. It happens well, all the time. Thank you so much, professors. And now I would love to call on Professors Peterson and Anderson. What are you doing for self-care and enjoyment? I'll give I'll a There you go. <laughs> There we go. Go ahead. Professor Peterson first. Okay, so I'm not really reading anything. I'm working on new courses. So we have a bunch of new Ooh. stuff up and coming in the works for spring 2021 and onward. Um, so yeah, I don't do much reading for fun. I just do a lot of kind of work reading. Looking, looking um, for new course readings. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it, kind of doing the job of deanerizing uh, the school. Um, but I like to get out and walk. It's been nice to kind of just have an excuse to do that. Now it's normal and it's good. I've always disliked walking around other people, so it's perfect. So if I see someone coming, it's like get four meters away type of thing. So my Scandinavian body bubble has actually always been appropriate for the situation. So now it's actually finally fits the bill. Um, so social distancing, I already dislike crowds, you know, public places. This is perfect. This is like made for people like me. But I've enjoyed it. I've, I've had a lot more time out in nature. Spring has just arrived in Minnesota. It's still cold out, it's below freezing um, overnight. But we're going to start doing backyard camping, which is the best that we could do now because we can't go to actual campgrounds and that sort of thing. But That's going to be so much fun. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm just delighted. And Professor Anderson, well, anything that I'm doing for self-care and fun, I think it happens like, you know, once every week or so, um, since um, I teach locally and like Paul, we're, we're both working on ideas for upcoming courses and uh, any, any extra time tends to go there. But uh, without making it sound like I'm, you know, doing all kinds of exciting things. Um, well, firstly, my, my daughter and I, we've been reading Lord of the Rings. She's never read Lord of the Rings, but she's familiar with like seeing the Lego Lord of the Rings film game cutscene. So she kind of knows the story from, from those. So we've been reading the book and she's like, oh, that didn't happen. Like, hey, the Council of Elrond is a lot longer here. 
Um, we've also been diving into um, Star Wars television. Uh, we've been re-watching Clone Wars because of the last season and all things like that um, and, uh, and stuff. Um, and so that's, that's basically that's that's basically it. Um, doing some Star Wars and some Tolkien with her. Um, working on the uh, the Viking metal piece that uh, we started talking yes. during our first edit poetry course. Um, but you know that takes a long time because that happens you know every month or so. Nobody wants to hear me doing vocals for that. So. That is so, just so we'll pretend that I'm doing all these exciting, wonderful, informative, and creative things, but um, mostly it's work. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Um, Professor Schink, would you advance us to the slide with the schedule on it? Folks, this is the lockdown schedule. I'm just putting it here in case you want to take a screenshot and that they are nice robust discussion groups you're going to have plenty of fellow students to talk with when you register and if this helps you decide whether or not to register then come on over to the Zygdom side we're going to have a whole lot of fun coming up may we have another slide please and may i please have the star wars team i am so excited to introduce Dr. Amy H. Sturgis. She holds her PhD in intellectual history and specializes in science fiction, fantasy, gothic, and indigenous American studies. She lives usually with her husband in the Blue Ridge Highlands of Virginia in the United States, and her website is amyhsturgis.com. But for now, she is on a one-year visiting professorship to the Imperial University at Vorbar Sultana. Professora, we are thrilled that your connection is so crisp and fast from Barriar. We sure miss you. We miss you as captain of the Quidditch team. Do you have any advice to this year's players on the Mythgardium Leviosa? I have full faith in the players. I would just suggest be sure to stretch before you broom up. Stay hydrated and keep your eye out for the golden snitch. Yes. All right. We will we will fly the flag high while you are gone on your visiting professorship. And I'd like to add that in the Star Wars course logo, that beautiful six-year-old Leia is in fact Professor Amy. So there is no better logo to show right now. Um, you. you don't need your front teeth if you have the force. <laughs> <laughs> a force and a sword, you're good. Can That's you tell us a little bit now, recognizing that we're sharing the time with all our colleagues, do you have other recent professional projects that you'd like to tell us about? And what is going to be most exciting for you in this upcoming course? Uh, my most recent project actually is sort of fresh off the press. The ink is still wet. Um, there is a new uh, sci-fi, a companion book that has just come out. And I wrote the chapter on indigenous futurism 
which is uh, science fiction by Native American authors, and it has exploded uh, in, in recent years, particularly since about 2012. So this is sort of ripped from the headlines, if you will. And I'm really thrilled that that has now representation in a larger work about science fiction as a whole. So that's my most recent uh, work that's out there. And I just finished writing the foreword to a new uh, scholarly collection on uh, television and Star Wars that is in fact is edited by another Signum University uh, person, uh, Dom Dominic Nardi. And so uh, I have the good fortune to get to write that uh, forward for that book, which is going to be a very important collection, the first major academic exploration of Star Wars television. So I was thrilled to get to be a small part in a, a much larger project. Oh. I'm really excited about this. Uh, okay. This class. This, this yes, we want to hear what is making your heart just go pitter pat. Well, the, the timing couldn't be better for this class because we now have closure for the nine film Star Walk or, uh, uh, saga for the Skywalkers. Uh, so this is a great time to sort of pause and think about what those three sets of uh, trilogies mean. We also have a kind of breathing space. The Mandalorian first season is done. We're wrapping up uh, this new season of Clone Wars. Uh, we have a couple of other uh, television series, Resistance, Rebels, completed. So this is sort of a breathing space moment for Star Wars. And uh, I've been teaching a class on Star Wars every semester, including summers, since 2015. And so I've, I've been doing this a while now, but I'm really excited about getting to, to pause and think now, because this is sort of a moment where we can all kind of take a breath, look at other multimedia, the, the uh, novels and comics, and, and really see how all of it fits together. There's also really exciting stuff on the horizon for Star Wars. And, and we're just situated this summer in the perfect space to, to evaluate what's come before and then to look ahead at what's coming next. The timing couldn't be better. Wow, this is gonna be a lot of fun. And I get to introduce your co-professors. Folks, Dr. Sturgis is the lecturing professor for the course, and there are two precepting professors. First of all, Jessica O'Brien. She's currently at the Lenoir Rhine University, where her research in speculative physics makes her our literal figurative rocket scientist. <laughs> Professor O'Brien, what else are you working on? And what is the, the most special thing you're looking forward to in this course? First of all, you can't make me follow Dr. Sergis with what I'm working on because <laughs> that's just that's a poor setup, Sparrow. <laughs> it, it, but but I gave you I gave you speculative physics. You did, you did. I'm a rocket scientist. Um, right now, actually, I'm very much consumed with my day job, which is an in instructional technology. So I'm helping our university move all face-to-face -face classes to okay. fully online. So that's that's. That's where I am right now with that. So you're really doing frontline work with adapting our whole culture to making connection while keeping our physical distance. 
Thank you. Very much so. And it's exciting too to think about um, the articles and the studies that are going to come out of this time period. So I hope everyone is keeping a journal because we're going to be looking for those um, in, in the very near future, I'm sure. Fantastic. As far as the course, yes, yes, we can't wait to hear. Yes, yes. I love chatting with the students. So I love the preceptor part of this and the small discussions um, with a group of students that 12 or less, we can really dig into some of those, um, dig into some of the details that Dr. Sturgis will cover in her lectures. I'm really excited about the um, guest lecture of uh, Rebecca Roanhorse that's going to happen in June. Um, yes, and there's the, there's the book. I'm just gonna fangirl squee a little bit. <laughs> yes. Um, so really, I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm excited to uh, be with, you can tell I'm in isolation over here because I'm excited to be with other people and to <laughs> to have chats about Star Wars. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely fantastic. And we, we yeah, it's going to be amazing. Our next Member of the Star Wars team, Dr. Sarah Brown, is the MA Program Teaching Coordinator and MA Thesis Coordinator for the Signum University Language and Literature Faculty. She's been a lecturer, she's been a preceptor for our university since 2012, which makes her one of the longest serving members of the faculty. She holds a PhD from Salford University, focusing on Tolkien's Middle Earth in context. Her master's degree is in international history. Oh, I see a very beautiful overlap there from the <laughs> London School of Economics. And her thesis, I, I need to share this with you. Sorry, Sarah, but it's too awesome. On the problem of the gold standard in international politics, politics and economics in the 19th century. Thank you. It's a and real page turner, that one. <laughs> Absolutely. So sometime when the children are asleep and we have a refreshing beverage, I'm going to ask you about the economics of the various fantasy worlds that we have traveled through together. Um, Sarah has a number of lectures at conferences on the topics of Tolkien, fantasy, fandom, and she's been published in this lovely handbook, a handful of literature journals, Sarah, I have a first question for you. You've been both a lecturing professor and a precepting professor. Mm -hmm. For our friends at home who are just getting to know Signum, you're the one who knows. Can you tell us, can you articulate the collaborative yet distinct roles of a lecturer and preceptor? Okay, well, I'll try. Um, all right, so... The wonderful thing about being a lecturer with Signum is that um, even though you are a camera away from everybody else, there's still that ability to interact with the folks in your classroom right then and there. And one of the things I enjoyed about my um, lecture series was looking at all the really incisive and interesting questions that were coming in while I was uh, doing the lectures. But the ability to kind of uh, push forward what it is that you're talking about in each of those individual lectures and sometimes go disappearing down rabbit holes you hadn't even considered 
um, within your time slot there uh, is is part of the fun of teaching for Signum because something comes in you just think oh that's a nugget of interestingness and then off you go down that and uh, that's really really fun um, the difference between that and the preceptor though and, and the reason why I really enjoy precepting is that um, like Prof O'Brien was saying a few minutes ago that ability to really get into the text uh, within the little chat group that you've got going in your preceptor group uh, and between all of you tease out all the little interesting things and pull out all those little threads of stuff that you, you know it's it's kicked off by the lecture um, but then it's extended through the preceptor group uh, and the two of those together the beauty of having both of those is that you get all of that um, the knowledge of the lecturer because after all they are um, delivering something to you that is right in their wheelhouse it is something that they are expert in so you're getting all of that handed over to you and then in the preceptor section session you get to interact with that um, and the two of those things together I think makes for a really great academic experience at Signum. End of advert. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I love. Um, I just love sharing Signum with more people because we have such a deep and connected relationship with the material and with our students and it's it's so much fun. Uh, yeah. Are you currently working on any professional projects other than wrapping up the year at your other educational institutions oh, and what are you particularly excited about in Star Wars? Where do I start on what I'm working on apart from the fact that of course uh, my day job I wrangle teenagers because I'm a high school teacher um, and we are obviously taking everything that we're doing normally in school and we are attempting to now do this online and uh, thank all the gods fasting uh, I have quite a lot of experience now of teaching online because um, I'm actually quite comfortable with doing it but the idea that some people have that what you do in the classroom is so easily translatable to instantly doing it online no I can see Jessica shaking her head she's absolutely right that is just nowhere near the case so um, that has been quite a lot of work so that's one that's the day job we'll just slide that to one side um, and then all the things for Signum that are going on at the moment with the new path program and all the things that we're planning for the future and um, you know trying to take it Corey kind of vomits rainbows if you like he has wonderful huge fantastic ideas big ideas and then somebody has to take those big ideas and go okay now this is how it's organized and that's kind of what I'm trying to do with him at the moment and, and uh, working with him on various things which is absolutely brilliant and fun and that's great so that's one thing I'm doing um, and then I'm currently working on a chapter for a book that should have been coming out this year but then Covid ha happened um, so that's been put off but it's a, a chapter in an anthology on uh, queer talking uh, which I think will be a really interesting addition to the scholarship and that's being sorted by um, Professor Robin Ann Reed, who of course is a past lecturer for Signum 
Um, so she is holding my hand through that. So that's uh, that's hopefully going to be a coming out at some point, probably either to the end of this year or the beginning of next year. So that's got to be done. Um, and then I'm preparing a paper for hopefully it's still going to go ahead in September, the Oxen Moot for Tolkien Society meeting that will happen in September. So that's going to happen. So various little things. I'm working on little bits of writing and eventually, eventually, when the sun shines upon me and I actually have what we like to call free time, TM, mm -hmm. uh, I would like to take my thesis and actually rewrite it into a book if anybody wants the damn thing. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> I have a note here in the question box, Professor Brown, um, from three different people in the audience who are just hearing and feeling what you were saying about transporting real life classroom interactive, uh -huh. you know, throw the dictionary at you teaching to a two dimensional screen. So you have got fellow educators cheering you on and, and bonding with you over that. Yeah, it's, it's a, a work in progress, shall we say on that one. But Star Wars. What yes. am I looking forward to? What am I not looking forward to with this Star Wars course? I mean, okay, let's be honest here. I'm going to get to indulge my inner geek to the nth degree. What is not to look forward to there, huh? Um, I am being offered the opportunity. In fact, I'm being required to rewatch all of the Star Wars films. Um, okay, then. All right, if I must, I'll do that. <laughs> anything for Amy, anything you ask of me, I'll do that for you if you like. Yay! Um, so I shall, I shall um, definitely be looking forward to just that small element of it. But also, have I been a Star Wars fan since 1977? Yes, I absolutely have. Um, but I have never had the opportunity to study what lies behind it and we're talking about a really amazingly constructed world here you know we, we look at tolkien's world and we know that middle earth is an incredibly well constructed world well here is not just a world we're talking about a universe of many different worlds with many different cultures uh, and underlying this you've got um the, the skywalker story going through all of this, pinning it all together and getting the opportunity to have somebody like Amy walking me through this. I mean, I am going to learn so much from this course and then I'm going to have to strap myself into my seat for the preceptor sessions because I, they're going to have to stop me from squeeing. <laughs> best of luck. Very best of luck on that one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, to the entire the meaning of star wars team thank you so much for bringing this adventure to signum this summer thank you thank you thank you um i'm going to ask you to to stay with us if you can but shut that down your cameras and we're gonna bring up maggie park because professor park and i are bringing you celtic mythology in children's fantasy Maggie Park is a preceptor and lecturer at Signum University. Her master's is in Celtic literature in modern Arthurian fantasy. 
with Susan Cooper, which is one of the texts of the course. I just have to fan myself a little bit here. Susan Cooper is her core inspiration for everything she has done academically and personally, including moving to Wales. Uh, her PhD is in fan management in event film adaptation, Harry Potter, Twilight, Lord of the Rings, and that's from Bangor University in Wales, United Kingdom. She now splits her time working in education and the film industry, editing scripts. She runs around film sets. She runs around gaming companies. She organizes creative retreats and summer schools. Okay, Sparrow inserts in parentheses. Please may we have pub crawl with Tom Shippey. It's, it's what we want, okay. <laughs> And she also teaches a creative industries course for CAPA Global Education that's in London, and she promotes study in Wales for the Welsh universities. Maggie, we get to work together, and this is the first opportunity I've had to do that. I'm so excited. Right? Right. <laughs> what are your recent projects um, professionally and what's your most exciting part about this course? Oh, good. First of all, I'm just going to do a bit of feedback. Someone's given us a little feedback. That's me. Oh, okay. I've, okay. I've fired up my other computer. So you'll see there's two Maggies here. If you, if you can make me attendee Maggie, a panelist Maggie, I'll turn this noisy thing off and we'll switch over to the Mac. Is that all right? We hope, we hope that Professor Shank will take care of that for us. Unmuted. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> All righty. I'm coming. Uh, she's coming back. Her visual will come back in just a moment. And Ooh, I have thanks. previously asked um, Professor Park about a pub crawl with Tom Shippey. I would be, uh, I am little, I would take my daughter's college fund and spend it on such an event. Can you make it happen? Funny story. You got, you're going to, you're going to die. So I've met Tom okay. Shippey. It was when I was a master's student and I traveled from Wales to Dublin to listen to him give a lecture uh, in Dublin. And we I was invited out for drinks with the people that were organizing it afterwards because I was like, awesome. I'm, I'm here from Wales. Please make me feel special. They took me out to the to the pub with them and nobody was talking to Tom Shippey. He was sitting by himself in the corner. So homegirl went and sat with Tom Shippey for like an hour and just geeked out about Tolkien. It was it was pretty incredible. So that was like 2000 and oh six, 2007, something like that. Yeah, it was a good time. So yes, we can definitely make that happen. I think we've we've got some ins. We have we have got means, motive, and opportunity as far as I'm concerned. And well, and the summer schools and traveling things is something we we're thinking about with Signum. So it could be there's a time in the future that we have a course that then has a travel element when we're all on to move again. I, I and I'm just calling things to things to wait for and get excited about. There you so, go. What are you working on right now in academia, and what specifically are you excited for in this? course about Celtic mythology and modern children's fantasy. 
Uh, what I'm working on, I have to say, I'm I'm also taking over with my day job at the moment. So I work for Study in Wales, and I manage all the international students and the Study in Wales recruitment from the U.S. to come do degrees here. So there's just a lot of uncertainty in the world and helping people learn how to do this online thing and you know mobility. So that's a lot of my time. Um, I'm also working on a book proposal with. Uh, Cambridge University Press. I almost said Oxford. They would have killed me. Cambridge University Press um, in their new imprint. It's supposed to be academic text, but much more accessible. And that's like my bread and butter with industry because I work between academia and industry and I want to help make that path smoother. So trying to get filmmakers and practitioners to read academic texts, it's not going to happen. So if we can work on making something a little bit more user-friendly. Um, so that's what I'm working on, making my PhD research on fan management into something that's a little bit more accessible for practitioners as well as academics. Oh, that's, so that is so needed, and I am so grateful that you have those skills. Fan-freaking-tastic. That's the goal now, I just have to do it. Ask Corey how I am with deadlines. We've also been trying to work on something with that little Amazon project, so uh, we're on it. We're on it, we're on it. You're so on it, right? This course. Okay, yes, this course. Holy dang, guys. First of all, this is the course that like I would have died as a 19-year-old to know existed because when I was eight, I read Susan Cooper's books. It was like a kid reading Harry Potter and wanting to go to Hogwarts. I read these books and I had to move to Wales. So 15 years on, I still live in Wales and it's Susan Cooper's fault. Um, and she knows this, I've met her multiple times now and and she knows that it's it's because of these five magical texts that everything that has happened after. Um, so for me, it's it's the fact that I don't have to shoehorn Susan Cooper into a syllabus because you can ask Takako, she's been in all of my other classes. I will talk about Susan Cooper, whether it's on the syllabus or not. Excellent. So I'm, I'm glad I don't have to do that, but I also really love the deep dive into Celtic lit with this because Celtic lit is such a strong foundation for any kind of fantasy that comes after just as every mythology will have its its partner in academic texts and, and accessible fiction. But I feel like Celtic is such a good uh, example of it. You know, it's so clear what some of these stereotypes and archetypes and everything are. And we can see it in so many things beyond children's fantasy lit. You know, we can talk about popular film, we can talk about comic books. There's so many elements from these texts in modern popular fiction. So I'm thrilled about the text we are looking at. A couple of them I've never even read. So that's that's fun and new. Um, but also digging into the stuff that you do know and just really love and finally get to talk about it with an enthusiastic posse. That is wonderful. I'm looking forward to it very much. And um, I'm going to add on to what you're saying about this course. You have a wonderful evening course in Wales, which is mid-afternoon uh, here in Eastern Standard Time, and I'm going to do a late evening class, which is early evening in California and middle of the night somewhere else. So we get to work in parallel. The lectures are by Dimitra Fimi. And for folks who don't know, Dimitra Fimi was the lecturing professor for this course, and they were recorded at the time that she gave them she gave them to a live class. So there's all of that energy going on. And Professor Park and I will each have, as Sarah Brown was saying, one of those smaller discussion groups where we can get into nitpicky details. And I have to say my favorite part of 
any SIGDOM class that I teach is that folks are coming in with deep experience. We might have, we even have high schoolers as discussion auditors sometimes. It's rare, but sometimes we do, and it's amazing. And we have retired people who just want to explore something they've never been able to, or something they've always done all their lives, and now they get to do it for fun. So if, if you have an expertise in blacksmithing, and you bring that into the discussion of Kukulin's um, um, battle armor and gear, how much more enriching is that experience for everyone in the classroom with us? And that's what I get excited about in the course. Yeah, and I think that that line too that you said of just the passion and deep experience, that doesn't mean you have to know this stuff. That doesn't mean you've read these texts. You can be completely new to Celtic myth and fantasy and everything else, mm -hmm. but whatever you're coming in with is valuable to that course. And the conversations you get into are just so cool. Yeah, the communities that we build with the different life experiences and the different passions, it's great. They really are. I love it. Thank you so much, Maggie, and I am looking forward to this semester. You do. See ya. I would love to have the Tolkien's Wars and Middle Earth team come on up. Gabriel Shank joined, Signum joined Signum's Literature and Language faculty in 2018. He says, I'm excited about teaching this course alongside Professor Swank. This is my first time teaching Tolkien's Wars and Middle Earth, although. I've worked on, says Professor Gabriel, both war literature and Tolkien separately. He's going to have a chance to combine them. He did his Doctor of Philosophy on 19th and 20th century Arthurian literature, including the work written during both world wars. He worked at Pembroke College of Oxford, where Tolkien was the Rawlinson and Bosworth Professor of Anglo-Saxon from 25 to 45, so between the wars and during World War II. At Pembroke, Professor Shank helped establish the annual Tolkien Lecture Series on Fantasy Literature. And for the past few years, he's been working with Tim Tolkien, the grand nephew of the author, on a memorial plaque for J.R.R. Tolkien to be erected on the wall outside his old office. That's so fun. It's pretty cool. Professor, yeah. What are your recent projects and what's got you on fire for this class? Uh, recent projects, gosh, um, surviving, I suppose. I'm, I'm just trying to remember what my brain is supposed to be doing these days. Um, I am writing. You can tell us about the cats. You can tell us oh, about the cats. I've got two cats, Pushkin and Paloma, who are um, always getting into trouble. I had to stop them from eating a butterfly this morning. So that's one of my projects. Um, I am also writing an encyclopedia article on T.H. White's The Once and Future King. Mm. And I am going to be uh writing an article on um comparing the similarities and differences between uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis so that will be um nice to do whilst I'm teaching this course as well because I'm for that for that article I need to reread Lord of the Rings anyway so um it's nice to to do that whilst um delving into Tolkien uh in, in this in this way um and uh and at some point I'd like to get back to rewriting my novel, but um, we'll see. Um, 
I write out in the countryside, with, take my laptop out with me in the fields near my house and um, a little bit and difficult to do that what under quarantine. do you write? Uh, it's well it's it's science fiction so it's it's nothing to do with this but um uh, anyway and so, what do you write what do i write yes well can you narrow it down a little better than well i mean i could i it's been a long time since i thought of it it's set on mars and it's about it's actually about isolation and loneliness and so on it's it's funny i i started um i've been writing it for years and uh uh when I was teaching um, Dr. Sturgis's Gothic um, literature course, uh, a lot of those kind of ideas um, bled into the novel. So it's a kind of Gothic sci-fi novel, actually. Um, so uh, oh, I, I'd like to thank Dr. Sturgis for that, but also, you know, of course, all those authors on that course. But that's that's for that's a separate topic. That's a that's a course for another day, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I, that's kind of what I'm working on. Um, in terms of what I'm fired up about with this yes. course, uh, I think other than the subject matter, it's John Garth himself. So I haven't yet listened to all the lectures for this course. I'm going to be doing it at the same time as the students, so I don't get ahead of myself. But I've heard John speak a few times in Oxford and London. Um, and every time he speaks, uh, one of two things um, take place. Well, either he's found something in the archive and a notebook or a line or something, a line of poetry in a diary or something like that. And he will explain the significance in such a way that makes you completely reevaluate everything you thought you knew about talking and sort of opens up new possibilities of meaning. Um, and the other type of talk that John Garth gives is uh, the talk when he, he hasn't discovered anything uh, in the archives, but he's he's found a new perspective. He's found a new way of looking at, at something that Tolkien wrote. Um, and uh, that also opens up worlds of possibility as well. So uh, the, the effect of listening to John Garth speak about talking is always you come away sort of uh, thinking about things in a new way and uh, very much looking forward to doing that with this course. Oh, fantastic. Yes, yes. It's, it's going to be so much fun. And your partner in crime, your co-precepting professor, Chris Swank. She is a preceptor at Signum University and library director at Pima Community College Northwest Campus in Tucson, Arizona. She holds eh, some degrees, lots of degrees. In fact, there's there's throw letters after her name. Most important, she's got an MA in language and literature in Tolkien studies from Signum University. She is currently a postgrad research student at University of Glasgow with another Signum University faculty member, Dr. Dimitra Fimi, if you'll recall that name. That's the amazing professor who did the live um, Celtic myth lectures. So, Chris Swank, what are you working on right now? Um, and what are you so excited for you can barely hold it in? Uh, well, I'm working on my doctoral dissertation with Dr. Feeney right now. Um, I'm a distance learner at the University of Glasgow, so um, I took a year off sabbatical from my day job and have been working on my dissertation. It's pretty all-encompassing. Um, and it really grew out of um, my work as a Signum student and my, my master's thesis as a Signum student turned into my doctoral thesis, so that's 
if that's the way you guys want to go, kids, it's it's uh, all possible. And especially with, you know, we're kind of pioneering this idea of online distance learning at the University of Glasgow. I'm one of the few students, um, Luke Shelton, who's another Signum alum, um, Penny Holdaway, another Signum alum. We've all been working with um, Dr. Feeney distance and um, it, it might be new to some folks, but but we've been doing it for a while here at Signum. So we're very comfortable um, with, with all the online technology. Um, so that's pretty all encompassing. But then uh, my Signum work, I took this class when it was the live lectures with John Garth when I was a student. And then I've precepted two sessions when it was offered again in 2017. I love this Tolkien's Wars in Middle Earth class. I think this is the most emotional roller coaster ride class of Signum's offerings. And, and John reads some of the letters that Tolkien and his um, high school and university chums wrote to each other. And oh. every time they bring me to tears. If you don't like crying, don't take this class because you will okay. cry. I will, okay. But what I'm excited about this time is that we're all in the middle of this global crisis and um john really looks through uh, professor garth really looks through tolkien's um creation of middle earth and his early writings as a response to trauma and as a way of working through trauma and it's very appropriate right now and if if you want to see how a master who wasn't a master at the time he started off as a, a 20 year old with with the, some early poetry um, at university writing about, um, you know, a star in the sky and, and creating a whole world from that. And if you want to see how somebody else worked through trauma and turned it into a, a beautiful and adoring fantasy world, then this is a marvelous class. Um, Professor Chris, do you know any of um, the work of Bessel van der Kolk? No, I don't. He's, he's a neurologist. And sometimes, and, and I got all on fire from his work about a year and a half ago and sometime we should sit and talk about his work on how engaging the verbal part of the brain mm. in emotionally traumatic memory is so healthy and adaptive it balances the power of that memory to be available but to be able to move in time and so i owe you a beer and we're or or other refreshing beverage of choice, and we're going to talk about that the next time we get together. Note from the awesome. discussion board, uh, Caleb is so pumped for this class. Let's see if there's more in the comments. He is so excited and going to be there. And uh, oh, and we've got multiple people saying this course is going to be made. As soon as you said it's a crying class, I said, okay, I can't take it. I cannot take a crying class. That won't but work. But like a good cry. I mean, they're yeah. not all tears, right? Right? Mm -hmm. tears oh, they're good tears. They're going to be good tears, good but tears. I'm going to be a blubbering mess. So I will, I will anytime audit it at my yes. own nice slow pace, which is a way you can be a student at Signum without the the pace of every week reading every week absolutely or having to write the papers the auditing is a great a great option and i've got some uh, of the discussion auditors in my section and, and it's it's very exciting if 
if any of you um, enjoyed the recent Tolkien movie, which really focused on this time in his life, his yes. time at King Edward's school and his time as an Oxford student, it covers the same time period. Um, okay. And uh, if you enjoyed, you know, learning about his his youth and the experiences that he had uh, from that movie, um, you know, not all of them were exact facts the way the way that they happened in real life and so you can learn about more of the the exact facts rather than just sort of the the milieu and the the kind of big ideas which it did it got the big ideas right i think mm -hmm. yeah right. and we've got a comment that it is such a shame we cannot take all the classes at once every semester and every group because i'll bet that if i'm in your group and in gabriel's group I'm mm -hmm. going to be brought into such a different, uh, not just the precepting professor's perspective, but the amalgamation of each different dozen conversationalists, dozen minds, dozen sets of experiences. Mm -hmm. It's going to be amazing. Can we just all take all the classes? That would be great. That's yeah, I think I think there's a, such a thing as a time turner that we can use to, to do that. I heard they were all destroyed. Then uh, we, shall not, we shall not name anything <laughs> in which they were not. We shall not. Very good. Uh, and just just on the um the point early, earlier raised about beers, um, it reminded me uh, of a wonderful memory of last summer when um Chris was in Oxford doing research, and I we got to meet up, and we we went to uh, the Eagle, and no, where did we go? Uh, the King's Arms, and King's had Arms. a quaffed a, a beer or two and um, talked about uh, talking and uh, literature and so on and I think we went around um, Exeter College as well probably and visited oh. the grave of Charles Williams and and, and you know the, the usual things you yeah, do. Yeah um, Gabriel's the best tour guide of, of Oxford. <laughs> but it was it was particularly oh. nice I mean we were just meeting as as friends but then it's always nice when we're we're teaching as well because even though you're in uh, Arizona and I'm in Oxford uh, you know, it's nice to sort of feel like uh, we know each other, we've met each other, and mm -hmm. we can work together as a team. Um, That's really fantastic. Good. Now, Gabriel, have you and Maggie Park met on the yes. topic of being a docent to... Yes, yes, uh, we met in Oxford. We had a, a last summer when we did um, uh, the Inklings and King Arthur course, uh, we did a live lecture from the Eagle and Child, uh, the pub where the Inklings Talking Lewis Williams and so on met um, uh, to read out their stories. Um, so that was Maggie's idea. And we talked about making that public. So we we should revisit that and uh, see if we can share it for the wide world because it was it was a really lovely experience. And and the bar owner or the manager was a man named Arthur. You can't make this up. <laughs> you, you, it does not get any better. We have a note from Kate Neville, also a. Mm. A Signum alum, she recommends the film 1917 mm -hmm. for the experience of World War One. So perhaps your classes can have a group stream watch 1917 weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, I think that's a good idea. Some, uh, I think it's a marvelous idea. Um, mm. We had one person um, ask about the reference book to the neurologist, and I sent it to him privately. If anyone else wants to know, uh, wants to read Bessel van der Kolk, please do. I'm just hopping through the question boxes with you guys. 
I think when U of G was mentioned, oh, all of our eyes turned green. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and yeah, very fortunate. This is not a one hour thing because I still have. It is time. Oh, for those of you who are scared of the pressure of paper writing, remember you can be a discussion auditor. You could be an anytime auditor and watch the lectures at your leisure and read through the materials. But a discussion auditor goes to the discussion groups with that dozen other intense and wonderful minds. Watch the lecture, attend the lecture live if you can, but you don't have to have the pressure of writing papers and producing stuff. Mm -hmm. And that might be a great way for other students to approach Signum Learning. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you. And Pleasure. I am really excited. Oh, Gabriel, would you also please advance the slide? Because I'm excited to introduce the introduction to Old Norse faculty. Oh, okay, I've answered all the things. First, Paul Peterson is our ancient professor of Old Norse. He was defrosted from the Thranderjoko Glacier in eastern Ultima Thule in 1997. After his acclimatization to modern life, he went to work annotating and updating his own manuscripts from the 9th century of the Common Era. We are so excited that you work with us, Professor Peterson. What it, your, your work in ancient days is extraordinary. In the last many decades, bringing that all up to date must have been so fulfilling. And what is occupying you right now? And can you just talk to our friends about why they are going to love learning Old Norse with you? So Old Norse is probably the coolest language on earth. I have to just give a disclaimer, I'm a little bit biased. Um, I really love teaching Old Norse. I teach all of the sort of the Germanic philology sequence stuff. I do a lot of the, the old Germanic languages. So when I unthawed from my ninth century old Saxon manuscript that I was just reading last uh, two weeks ago, um, I took a, a, a long ship further north to Norway. Um, and that's sort of where we're, where Carl and I are heading and in uh, just 13 or so days, uh, May the 4th uh, is the start of our summer semester. May the fourth so be with you. Get it? Uh huh. So it is a very, very um, uh, opportune uh, start date, I suppose, for their new Star Wars course. Um, but my favorite thing about Old Norse is that it actually does influence modern English. It is one of our sort of um, uh, ancestral languages. So when we say Old English, that's kind of not really our ancestral language. It's actually a weird hybrid dialect um, of Old English and Old Norse. So many of our our day-to-day -day vocabulary items do come from Old Norse. So that's why it's really uh, it is sort of part of our collective uh, heritage in that sense. The language is accessible. I think also it's a related language to English and the other Germanic languages. Um, but I think it's just a really fun way to spend the summer. You know, most people, at least in the northern hemisphere, are lamenting the upcoming uh, heat. Uh, no better way to, to kind of jump into the glacial uh, lake, uh, Jökulsárlón, for example, in southern Iceland. We should all take a little dive down in there with the seals and the icebergs, and it's a great place to go. 
So, um, I haven't I haven't been working on anything lately except for new courses. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll give I'll I'll take this from Carl. This is Carl and I both are continuing. This is the this is a sequence based course. So you can of course just take this semester, um, but you can also continue into uh, Etic Poetry in the fall. So we've. So that is a live course that's sort of um, Old Norse 2, if you will. We don't have any other um, Old Norse 2 who's currently on offer, but that is one of the uh, coolest courses. Someday. We, yes, exactly. <laughs> so this is not a, a one-time deal. It's it's a continual project, let's say. Um, Etic Poetry is the basically where we get all of our myths and legends for for Old Norse, but kind of in the bigger Germanic sphere, we get all of our, um, that's the only direct primary sources we have of, of um, mythology from uh, medieval Scandinavia, kind of as close as you can get. So, um, but we do a lot of really interesting things uh, in that course, and this is kind of a prerequisite to that, but it, it for future courses as well. I think it's one of the coolest languages and it's still spoken in modern Iceland. Now there's a little bit of debate about how direct it is from, 13th century Icelandic to 21st century Icelandic, but they can read the language still in modern you Iceland. Were they can... there. You were there. You're the expert. You tell us how <laughs> they, close is it. They read they read sagas in, in preschool. Like it's just an everyday thing. They just read straight from Njal saga. It's just what you do in Iceland. It's it's an everyday thing. Um I have, it's so another stuff in preschool. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have a question from the question box for you, Professor Peterson. Yeah. Um, ignoring word order, mm -hmm. thinking about the words themselves and their function, is Old Norse syntax related to Latin closely at all, or is that just because they're both Indo-European? What? How? How close have we got in syntaxes? They are probably that's how close it is is that we have to go back about 5000 years and then see the shared development of of indo-european languages and then the western european languages but i will just say both languages have quite free syntax relative to most modern european languages it's not the case for all of them but because they have more grammatical features they have freer word order so something like modern english we have fixed word order because we've lost our grammatical endings, which are so useful. They still use those in modern Icelandic and modern German and a ton of other languages, uh, but even in our, our own language family, we, we've lost them. Um, so we have to have fixed word order, but it was much freer in, in the past. So Old Norse syntax and Latin are not um, uh, related, except in kind of going back thousands of years earlier. As yeah. distant cousins, fantastic. All right. I'm, I, I would like to introduce your wonderful colleague um, who also teaches internal Old Norse and the Eddic poetry in Old Norse. And also Carl Anderson teaches the North myth and sagas and the Germanic myths and legends course. So approaching through the stories into the language, culture, people, that is so exciting to learn about, but even cooler than that he is the daddy and game master of <laughs> luna carl's daughter a budding hero not and appearing in this film adventurer. but <laughs> she's epic and she's amazing and you are you are doing such a great job raising that kid just say it <laughs> well you know we, we study our star wars we study our norse myths we use a few runes in the games 
We've been inventing a language for dwarves. Well, I've been inventing a language for dwarves based on the Mayan languages of Central America. So, you know. Oh, yes, you this, have. She's my excuse for applied philology. We sing Viking metal. You know, it's all good. <laughs> Spectacular. So when it comes to this course, you've, you've taught it before. Are things coming in this term that feel new? Are you relying on on some new reading materials? What's going on? Are you shaping it? What's going on? Because I've heard that your classes stay very fresh. Yeah, we, I mean, some of the material is, you know, material that is tried and true. I think okay. we started teaching versions of this course back in like the beginning of 2017 or something. But at the same time, nothing is really static because every time I or Paul or we both go through this course, and, and as you can see from our pictures, Paul and I are, you know, partially interchangeable. Um, he's more he's more yellow haired, I'm more gray haired. But you know, we both have books behind us and black jumpers. Um, and we teach a lot of the same courses and we go back and forth a lot. And especially in a course like this. Um, we're always looking, especially, especially in this course, which is an intro course to a, um, you know, a medieval language, which is, you know, partially familiar as Paul implies, but also partially alien. And that's what makes it fun. But it is, you know, it is one thing that's scary for students who come into it for the first time, especially if they haven't studied other languages like Old English or Latin or, or Greek or things like that, is the amount of grammar and if you're a modern english speaker where there is very little morphological grammar old norse or languages like it can be, look a bit scary um, so one of the things definitely that we're always trying to do is find new ways and new techniques and new materials and new support for people who come in and haven't got that experience and so that's always evolving and i think I think it's fair to say that at some point we'll probably have our own textbooks or we could have our own textbooks that are really key to students in the Signum experience, but that's kind of material that we're developing. So there is always something that we're trying out new in this version of the course that we didn't try out last time. May I, uh, so tell me if I'm hearing you correctly, someone who has never studied Norse or Nor or modern Norwegian or Swedish or any of that or even German, um, maybe has not studied any language since high school when they got enough Spanish to pass and move on, they're still welcome to try. Oh yeah, and we've definitely right. had students like that and they have been successful. I mean, in, in some ways that's one of the most exciting things I think for us as teachers in the course is to see someone who exactly like you describe. Oh, I kind of, you know, flunked Spanish in high school, but haven't done any other languages. Um, and here I am learning, you know, to read texts and runes in this medieval language. Um, yes, of course, if you have studied other Germanic languages or, or classical languages um, in various ways, there are advantages there. Um, but it's absolutely possible for, for students, and students have done this. I can, you know, remember a number of them. You can come in and say, never done this before, but here I am. And 
that's really that's really part of what this course is. It will it will get you there. It will you know <laughs> there'll be a little more of a climb uphill than if you've never if you've done some other things like this before. That's absolutely true. Um, but, but yes, and welcome and you know give it, it that old Viking try is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, All right, fantastic. Um, I really. I've got, I'm going to start the last lightning round by saying if I could take anything else that was running this term, it would be introduction to Old Norse. I'm so excited by what <laughs> I hear coming out of the cool languages from over there department. I don't know what the name of it is. It's, yeah, it's, that's, that's it's the name department, whatever it is. Um, so what I want to take is intro Old Norse. A uh, professor, Gabriel, would you be, because Shank and Swank are now forever blended in my mind, I'm gonna get it wrong. So Professor Gabriel, would you please advance the slide? I would love to invite the Star Wars team to come on up and here's your blitz round. Which other class would you take this summer? Professor Sturgis? This is really tough. I'm a convert now to every single class. I, <laughs> all of the students were going to be in all of those classes. So uh, if I could you know, clone myself, I would be in all of them. Uh, but if I had to choose, uh, I think- I would... you're, a, you're a professor of science fiction. You are allowed to clone yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully you did have to. Okay. extra benefits from that that I can, I can use. Um, I, I, because they all sound fabulous. Um, but for my personal interest as a historian, uh, one of the things that, that first got me into Tolkien to begin with was uh, Tolkien's work's ties to history and historical trauma. And so I think I have to go with Tolkien and the Great Wars because that really connects me to one of the things that brought me to Tolkien in the first place. But, uh, but again, I'm, I'm all for the cloning being there at all of them. <laughs> Fantastic. I know that Professor O'Brien had to run to another Zoom event. So Professor Brown, what do you want to take? Well, it's a bit of a cheat for me, you see, because I've been lucky enough to precept on both Celtic myth and Tolkien's wars in the past. So um, I would be able to finally do something that I have had not enough contact with Insignum, and that is dive headfirst into one of our language courses. Because I haven't had any opportunity to do anything like that, because it is nothing that I have any kind of expertise in at all. But language, um, you know, why not? So because I have already um, happily, wonderfully, and loved every second of it, done both the Celtic myth and the Tolkien's Wars courses, I would definitely like to take intro to Old Norse. You're ready for and it. And I'd be a total beginner at it. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Star Wars team. I wonder if professors Park, Shank, and Swank, see I wrote them out so I get it right, um, would answer the same question. Maggie Park, what do you want to take this summer if you possibly could? Again, all four of these are high on my list. When I was looking to work with Signum, it was like, oh my God, they offer all these things. Um, 
But I also have a bit of a cheat here because I've asked if I can audit the Star Wars course. So I will be auditing the Star Wars course. <laughs> yeah, very excited. I've taught two, three of um, Professor Sturgis's uh, precepted for three of her courses. So I'm quite looking forward to a new one and, and doing it live with everybody. Gonna be amazing. Professor Shank. Yes, well, I'm very tempted by the language because um, that's always a, a good way of sort of strengthening your soul is developing your language skills. Uh, and I am planning to go to Old Norway uh, for my summer holidays and I'd like to be able to find out how to ask for directions and so on. Um, but as, as seriously, as Paul says, it is the coolest language. And of course, it unlocks all this in, uh, exciting, uh, brilliant literature as well. Um, and I'm also tempted by the cultic myth because anything Dr. Fumi's associated with is fantastic. Um, but I think I might have to say the Star Wars course if I was forced to choose one, um, partly because uh, having had the pleasure of teaching uh, on the Gothic tradition course and the H.P. Lovecraft course, both lectured by Dr. Sturgis, um, Dr. Sturgis has been this kind of disembodied voice whispering Eldritch secrets into my ear for so long uh, to the point that I, I don't know where the secrets end and my consciousness begins. Um, and it would be nice to have a, a version, you know, when, where I could sort of uh, interact and write back to um, the lecturer and also do uh, hear her lecture on something that isn't quite so dark and gruesome mm. as, as Lovecraft and Gothic. Um, although there are, you know, dark things in Star Wars as well, um, there's a bit more hope, I think, um, at least on the cosmic scale. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be my choice, but great, great uh, set of courses all around. Yes, yes, it absolutely is. How about you, Chris Swank? If you had uh, to choose if one. If I had to choose. I've already taken the Celtic myth and children's fantasy course, and it's okay. amazing. It's amazing. And if you have the time to do every bit of the reading, it, it's fantastic. Uh, I'm saving the languages, the Signum languages for my retirement because I heard it's good to stave off, you know, um, senility and dementia by learning a new language in, in your retirement. So I'm saving those. I planning it. Of, yeah, I'm, I'm planning it. It's not too far ahead. Um, I, I took a few of Dr. Sturgis's classes when I was a Signum student and they're marvelous and I would jump at the chance of of being in one of her live classes again it's she's just a fantastic lecturer I actually had to watch twice I would watch live and then I'd have to go back and watch the recording because she gives so much information that my hand could not keep up with all the notes that I wanted to take so um it's it, you definitely get your money's worth out of a, a Dr. Sturgis class yeah absolutely Thank you so much. And Team Old Norse, what do you want to take of the other three classes? Paul Peterson? I want to take the Star Wars course. I mean, I'm a, I've always been a Star Wars geek. I, I think that's a guilty pleasure of mine. I have never been allowed to explore my modern interests because I'm so obsessed with, you know, my ninth century um, manuscript writing and such. So. So it is it is something that I, I think would be great fun. Fantastic. And Dr. Anderson? Yeah, I think I would go that way as well. Um, I mean, you know, the other courses are likewise tempting. I met John, John Garth, you know, at an Oxen Mood long ago, and 
his material is great and our preceptors are great. I think that's one of the strengths of all the Signum courses is the preceptors and lecturers are so enthusiastic and knowledgeable, they make everything exciting. Um, Dimitri, who, do, who does lectures for Celtic myth and our preceptors there are great. I have a chapter coming out on Beowulf in mid 20th century children's literature, so I should get into my Celtic side there as well. But I'm going to go actually with Paul. Our Star Wars team at the beginning of this session made such an impression. Uh, uh, and that's a new course. And I need to keep up with my daughter's knowledge. So <laughs> I need professional assistance to update me. I think I think she grew up with Rebels, the television, you know, the show, the show. And that's, you know, it's so much of a bigger Star Wars world than when I was a kid. Um, and so it would be so exciting to hear other people talk about that um, and do like Paul says, um, we spend so much time in the misty past that it would be some, well, actually, I guess Star Wars is the even more misty past officially, right? So <laughs> we're really going further into the past long, long ago, um, but it would be a bit of a, a bit of a holiday to, you know, have some laser swords. The past is just another vector, right? There you go. And, and past is another country. They do things exactly the same there. As Douglas Adams for say. our farewell and wrap up. Since I'm now crying, those of you who know me, if you have ever been in a classroom with me, you know I cry when it gets good. So I'm weeping. I wonder, Professor Shank, would you be willing to advance the slide to the end and return us to the text? And give us our wrap up. We okay. I'm not the only person crying. I hear in the question box. Would you please return us to our foundation? <clears throat> uh, this is a quotation from J.R. Tolkien. Uh, his essay on fairy stories first delivered as a lecture. I have claimed that escape is one of the main functions of fairy stories, and since I do not disprove of them. It is plain that I do not accept the tone of scorn or pity with which escape is now so often used. A tone for which the uses of the word outside literary criticism give no warrant at all. In what the misusers are fond of calling real life, escape is evidently, as a rule, very practical and may even be heroic. In real life, it is difficult to blame it unless it fails. In criticism, it would seem to be the worse, the better it succeeds. Evidently, we are faced by a misuse of words and also by confusion of thought. Why should a man be scorned if, finding himself in prison, he tries to get out and go home? Or if, when he cannot do so, he thinks and talks about other topics than jailers and prison walls? Thank you so much. Everyone, come home with us this summer. Signum University is going to take you on a beautiful adventure. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to all my wonderful colleagues. And I'm just going to, we're going to say farewell because I'm crying. Take care. We love you all. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone. Bye. Thank Bye, you, Sparrow. Thanks, Sparrow. Bye. Good, good luck with everyone studying this term. Thank yes, you. good luck everyone and see you soon. Yay.